Welcome to Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're on Revelation 7-9. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and all the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so this starts off with, we did a whole series on Genesis uh, right before we started doing Revelation. We like to just bookend before we get to the middle stuff. Um, but in Revelation, you remember where Abraham was promised that he would have descendants uh, like the... Uh, stars in the sky. Stars in the sky or the... the the sand grains of grains of sand grains in the sand grains grains in the sand 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 grains grains of sand in the beach beach <laughs> whatever it was the idea is like it's uncountable right uh john right here is reminding us like here's this great multitude no one can number uh and in this case the the numbering of abraham's descendants it's not just the um it's not just the Jewish people or the Hebraic people. We have now gotten into people of all the nations. The great multitude is is from all people. And that makes sense because what Abraham was told is like, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Now the ultimate descendant of Abraham has come, which was Jesus, who has opened the door to bring in so many more children uh, brought into, into the faith. Uh, and one of the beautiful things about uh, this image right here is like God's bride or Jesus' bride, the, the church, is not one kind of person. It's all kind of people. In her DNA, it is like specifically, um, the goal is specifically to have every single person of every race brought into um, brought into um, God's bride. So with that being said, that's that's much of the focus of the New Testament. We know that. That's kind of basic Christianity 101 is that Paul is literally running across <laughs> all, of, all of the nations, trying to bring in as many people as he can from all these different nations, telling them the good news about Jesus. It's no longer just for the Hebrews. It's for everyone. God even kind of like, uh, while Jesus was around, Jesus did a lot of his focus to... To the Jewish people mm -hmm. but once Jesus left the day of Pentecost came and that specifically became a day to like all right the focus in case you missed it while I was here the focus is now to reach out to everybody else uh, how do you guys see that in Pentecost um, well when Jesus is leaving doesn't he say to go out into every nation and every corner of the earth and mm -hmm. all that stuff yeah uh, yep, the Great Commission. He also says uh, to not go do it until they've been clothed with power from on high, um, which is the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and then gives them the uh, the strength that they need to go do that kind of evangelism. Uh, and I think, specifically, yeah, go ahead. And I think the speaking of tongues <laughs> is a big moment there. Mm. Just right. for the fact that like... Otherwise they would have ran into some language barriers when they got places. Mm. Well, just the fact that like... They were able to speak in languages that other people could understand specifically. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think that's yeah. the huge part that we don't always focus on these days. 
is they're able to speak in a language that other people could understand and that, you know, kind of meant something to the person that heard it. Yeah, so if we were to kind of look at uh, Pentecost and it's like mirror image in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, they're building the Tower of Babel, right? And then they're separated by their languages. And then in the New Testament, uh, they are brought back together by their languages. So in one way, it's like a disinheriting of the nations through separation of languages. In Pentecost, it's like a re-inheritance of the nations through language. So so we see that. We did an episode on the Tower of Babel that you can check out. Reinheritance or readoption? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you can say it either way, I guess. Um but yeah, it's the invitation like to all the nations to come back. We also did a whole uh episode on the gift of tongues, which that's one of the things that I mentioned is like when we speak in tongues, we need to remember like the importance of evangelism, the Great Commission, like that that seems to be what tongues were especially about at least that first time that it came on them all these people burst out the door and they're speaking in this language that they don't seem to know but the people around hear their languages being spoken perfectly uh and they're in this case it probably would have been a bunch of uh well it probably would have been all kinds of people you know when there's a ruckus going on in the street like that kind of gets a lot of attention but the day of pentecost that was a Jewish holiday. So guess who's in town uh, during that time? The Jews. The Jews. Mm-hmm. From all different areas of all the different nations that they've moved into. They've all come localized to this place where now these people burst out and are declaring the wonders of God in their languages. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to return home to all of their nations saying what they heard about this Jesus guy. And that's going to reach kind of the Jewish people, but that's probably going to start breaking out to reach people in the nations around them. And soon you're going to have Peter who slow to figure it out, but Peter's going to realize, oh, God's trying to reach the nations. Like that wasn't really our focus so much when I was working with Jesus, but now the Holy Spirit is telling us like, we're going to go out and, and bring everybody else in. Now, Peter kind of remains like an apostle to the Jewish people and he's slow to kind of, have this occur to him. Even when Cornelius, a Gentile, is like, come to my house and explain Jesus to me. Like Peter explains it. But the Holy Spirit almost has to interrupt his message <laughs> to baptize uh, Cornelius' family in the Holy Spirit. And then Peter's like, whoa, what's that? You know, usually today when it's like, let me pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Peter didn't do that with Cornelius. The Spirit did it himself. <laughs> it's just... Peter's just, yeah, well, okay, so Jesus and, oh, kill the door, so no machine. You know, like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And Peter's like, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've seen that at Pentecost. Jewish, what, what are you doing? And then the whole early church eventually gets to this point of like, I guess they're in now. Like they have a council meeting. It happens in Acts. And they say, okay, well, it seems good to the Holy Spirit to invite all the nations in. And we need to be obedient to him. And now they're stuck in the messiness of like, what do you do when you're bringing all these other people in? You know, Uh, which have you seen that before? Like the messiness of uh, church between different cultures is a beautiful thing. At the same time, like it can also create a little bit of chaos. Tension. 
tension. Think of denominations, right? We have different ways of thinking about things, which cause a lot of uh, disconnect and chaos. The same thing happens with culture. Uh, when I first started pastoring, the church had a lot of Latino flair to it. And um, Latino culture starts when it wants to start. <laughs> no, no. It's, they said the target... That's when you're supposed to leave your house to get there. We were supposed to start at 11. We would start at 11.45. And the reason we would start at 11.45 is because everyone in the room would be like, okay, we're all here now. What? You know, like that's, that's some culture. Some weddings operate that way, where you show up at the time you're supposed to, and it could be an hour and a half late. Why are we not starting yet? Well, so-and-so's family hasn't got here yet. So? Like... <laughs> they're holding us all up. No, no, no. We don't start till everybody's here. That was the culture. You know, there's a disconnect between uh, American culture, or not American culture, sorry, uh, like white culture and Latino it's called, culture. It's on called that warm climate or cold climate. Right, yeah. Uh, warm, warm climate and cold climate culture right there, like huge disconnect. Like one sees that as highly insulting, like, no, I can't believe they're making us wait for them for an hour and a half. The other one's like, no, of course. Like, we want to love and <laughs> I don't get it. You know, like, there's a big disconnect. <laughs> so there's that kind of messiness, too. But we also have different kind of rules within our cultures. Some cultures are going to do things that are like, whoa, like, I probably shouldn't do that. And then other cultures are going to do things where it's like, nope, totally acceptable. So, uh, that's what the early church is trying to figure out. You got people like Paul, who's the apostle to the Gentiles. He's intentionally going to the nations, trying to bring them all in. And Paul's Paul kind of gets on this whole thing where he's like, look, the law, the law is Jesus. So focus on Jesus. Um, Paul tries to like convince um, many of his Jewish brothers and sisters, like stop telling them to get circumcised. That's a Jewish custom, a Jewish law. We are not going out and trying to create more Jewish people. That is not what God is doing right now. What he's trying to do is get us to reach all of the nations. And if we go out to like, you know, Mozambique, and now we're trying to turn them into Americans, like that, that defeats the whole purpose of trying to create a bride that's full of all the cultures. And so Paul eventually kind of like sets the law aside. It's like, look, if we're focused on Jesus, that's what the law is. And that's where the real attention needs to be for every single tribe and every single culture. And if we're focused on like 613 laws that applied to the Jewish people, well, if we go and try to make all nations follow those laws, we're just creating Jewish people. And Paul thought that that was actually like a slap in the face to the gospel because the gospel is for everyone. If you're just trying to turn everyone into one, what's the word? Homogenized? Is that the word? I think so. It's for milk, I think, but. <laughs> yeah, it works. If we're trying to turn everyone of all cultures into one homogenized thing, then the church is no longer cultural. It's no longer different. It no longer has that variety. So at that council in Acts, they eventually got to this point of saying, like, you know what? Seems good to the Spirit to reach people of all nations. We have these 613-ish laws, but um, here's four that you should follow. <laughs> and they break it down. They're just like, stop having sex outside of marriage and stop worshiping idols and eating food with blood in it. And uh, they kind of just really break it down to the bare minimum. 
And now they're hoping that the Holy Spirit's going to teach them within their own culture, what does the law of Jesus look like so that they can begin to adopt Jesus into the way that they live. That's that's bound to be messy, but the beautiful portrait of Revelation is it's people of all nations. Great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's variety. That's different. It, the, the Revelation Bride of Christ is not one that's like, I saw a great multitude no one can number from every nation, but they moved into one from all tribes, but they just made one tribe and all people and languages, but they all learned just English. You know, like it's, it doesn't get to that point as much as American gospel tends to go that kind of route. Um, people stay their tribes and nations and languages and get adopted in. So uh, thoughts before I go to another passage. I know this is like Christianity 101, but like... Sometimes it's good to go over it again. Well, it's good to... Ourselves. Yeah, it's good to like go over like the progressive revelation of it too, you know? During Jesus, most of the ministry is to the Jewish people. It's new to Peter. It shouldn't have been. He should have caught on. But it's new to Peter. <laughs> and then Paul runs with it. And now theology begins to like shift to understand how we can incorporate the Gentiles until we get to Revelation that's just an explosive, beautiful picture of like, this was the point. We were hoping to reach everybody, you know? But if we were to go all the way into Revelation 21, here's, here's how strong this picture remains. And I should almost save it until we get all the way to Revelation 21, but I feel like it's, it's helpful to see now since we're really zooming in on, on this. Um, wasn't it 2122? Mm -hmm. Probably. Okay. So 21-22, the new creation's getting set up. There's no temple in the city, for his temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light, the nations, plural, walk. Nations, plural, in the new creation, walk. And the kings of the earth, plural, kings in the new creation, bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. What is your depiction of the new creation? <laughs> like the new earth, right? I mean, I feel like, first off, we usually truncate it. We talk about like we die and we go up to heaven in a spiritual state and we never come back. We've already talked about that many times in this series. Revelation is pointing towards a new heaven, new earth, meeting like a sloppy wet kiss and then becoming one unit in a new creation, right? But in the new creation, there's plural nations. In the new creation, there's plural kings. So as far as like the reaching of the nations and the Gentiles and the tribes and the languages, even in the new creation, yeah, there's a, a homogenizing in the sense that we become so much like Jesus that we no longer sin. We're now living rightly. Uh, we are now in the resurrected state with Jesus. We become everything that we're supposed to be. We're not separated. We're one family. We're one bride. We're one unit. And yet at the same time, there's still racial, cultural uniqueness to us. 
because we weren't all just trying to become one thing. We are becoming one and at the same time remaining ourselves. And so you can see why someone like Paul would be so offended that like Christians of his time are just going around and trying to turn Gentiles into Jewish people. Because for Paul in his image and the image of what God's doing, he's like, no, we're, the diversity is key to what God is doing. Like that's part of the beautiful plan of, of what he's up to. I'm still very confused by 22. In what way? Well, I... No need for the sun or moon to shine. Mm. Right, because the light is Jesus. Mm. Right. But like... We'll have a whole episode on that probably when we get to it later. Okay, I'm very confused because to me it that is... sounds like mole people. Mole people. Because you're underground. Under because you're underground because you don't need the sun or the moon to shine they're on it. They're not underground. They're above and the they... ground. They just have a new sun. And it's the son of God. Sounds like mole people. We just have that last episode about an angel son. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that here we are, new heaven and new earth, and we still have kings. Yep. Plural. Not yep. just one Jesus king. We still have plural kings. Like, that's just completely unaligned with everything I've always thought would be the end times and nations you know in my mind it's like don't we all live in that new jerusalem don't we become <laughs> jesus's nation yeah i mean we do right we do but we don't become one jesus nation we still well this is almost like the human utopia that people so often want to strive for like if we could all just be friends you know like if kings would just do what they're supposed to do and not go to war with everybody and all these things and and presidents weren't losing their minds and governments weren't doing crazy things and and if we could just love the person over there even though they're different like we'd finally have utopia jesus is in a sense saying like yeah yeah but under me like you will never get to that from a human perspective and that's such a strong thing that Christians need to lean into because that's that's a human message that I see like proclaimed everywhere. It's like, if we could all just be one, it's like, that's never going to happen in our current fallen state in this age. Like, we're always going to mess it up. But for those who are calling Jesus Lord, we can let him start to show us that truth right now, you know? And Christians, honestly, like, they're often the ones who are putting up so many dividing lines or walls. Uh, but, um, um, we often <laughs> catch Ephesus. my implications there. <laughs> Ephesus given anywhere? We often get caught up in, in trying to create all these lines and barriers between people when we could be the image of that utopia to the world right now. The world's hungry for that. At least like the younger generation growing up under us right now, like they're really looking for if we could just have unity, like if we could just Love the person next to us who's different. And Christians have the capacity in them to say, that's exactly what we've always been about. Like, our, our foundation as a Christian religion, if you will, is on anti-racism. Where we got to the point and said, people of all nations are welcome into to what we're doing. We are no longer isolated to just one thing. And if you come in, we will respect you. 
and treat you rightly. And if you don't come in, we'll respect you and treat you rightly and try to win you over through love. Like that, that's the hope. Uh, And yet we often are the places where racism is still the big thing that, um, like we fight about, that's not really racist or we're not racist or I would never say that. And it's like, we can't even own up to the past things that we've done. Well, they might've done that, but I didn't do that. And nations don't, own their sin i'm not responsible for what happened in the generation before me it's like well biblically like nations own up to the predecessors to the sins of their forefathers and whatnot i'm going to get derailed if i keep going down this route but my point is like we still put up a lot of walls don't own up to things and are very sensitive to racial topics whereas like we're the movement of the Gentiles. Furthermore, we are the Gentiles. We're the, I mean, at least I am. We are. <laughs> Specifically Literally. in this room, I am the Gentile. <laughs> I was the one who was brought in through grace, through the blessing of a Jewish man that decided to extend to all of us um, the racialness. <laughs> grace. And race in one. You like that? Huh? Graciousness of coming into to the new creation. Sure, Jamin. We'll give it to you. Nope, not Thanks. giving it to him. <laughs> the, the new creation United Nations. Where everyone's sure. finally really on the same page because Jesus is king over all. Uh, nope, still not a fan of the United Nations either. This is not, I was not talking about the current United Nations. I was talking Uh about Uh the United Nations Uh to come Uh in which all people are in not a state of disarray, but coming together. Sure. Anyways, the kings and nations (laughs) of the new creation where we are all one and yet we do not need to be one. Well, we need to be one. (laughs) Ununique, I think is the word. What's a... Is there a different word? Is ununique a word? Um, Same? Conformed? Never mind. <laughs> We're all different, but Uniform. the same. Yeah. And sure. hopefully a future of more people. No, no. that's no. not what he said. I'm so unique, I pronounce it eunuch. <laughs> No, no, Jamin, that's, that's not what that means. No.